Motivation Morning Show. This week, it's all about the Life After Prison segment. We got a dope guest, some dope music, so stay tuned. And uh, keep it locked for this season. There's so much dope thing that's going to be happening. I don't want you to miss out. Shout out to the GC crew and everybody who tunes in weekly. Let's get it. Pick up, I'm on a jail call. 
I got some food I gotta tell y'all. Every morning I wake, still living behind these gates. My spirit started to flake, gotta live with this one mistake. My man started that beef, he know I had it on me. I caught a body for that, and he ratted on me. Damn, that with the cops. My baby mom ain't just fucking me, she with the ops. I should have known she was a motherfucking thot. I'm thinking to myself, well, I left my motherfucking block. I should have stayed my home in the crib, chill with the kids. Went outside shooting the cig, look what I did. I left my baby's fatherless. They gon' feel how I felt when my father left. Suicide thoughts are just a part of stress. But they giving me meds and I'm beyond depressed. So sorry, mama, I'ma end it all. As soon as I end this call. Have you ever thought of suicide? On the jail call while your mother cried. She ain't understand you had to ride. It was him or you. It was do or die. Pick up, I'm on a jail call. Pick up, I'm on a jail call. Pick up, I'm on a jail call. I got some I gotta tell y'all. Check out the story yesterday 
when I was walking. Let me get his shot last year. Try to appear like he hurt something. Word the mother, heard him fronting. And he be pumping on your block. Your man gave him young alk and now they run together. What up, son? Whatever. Since I'm on the streets, I'ma put it to a cease. But I heard you blew it in the with the ox for the phone piece. Wildin' on the island. But now with Elmira, better chill. Cause the ring is well. Put that inside fire. Last time you wrote, you said they tried you in the showers. But maintain when you come home. The corner's hours on the reels. All these crabs against no the deal. When we start the revolution, all they probably do is squeal. But chill. See you on the next VI. I gave you my Duke's loop for kicks. Plus, since your flicks, your brother's buck wildin' in four main. He wrote me, he might be this case. Silly, come on, my player low key. So stay civilized. Time flies. No incarcerated, your mind dies. I hate it when your mom's cries. It kinda makes me wanna murder. For real, I even got a mask and gloves to bust us for one love. One love. In another world, thinking how can we exist through the facts written in school textbooks, Bibles, etc. Off the school lecture, the lies get me vexed up. So I be ghosts for my projects. I take my pen and pad for the weekend, hitting nails while I'm sleeping. A two day stay, you may say I needed time alone to relax my dome. No phone left in it, I'm home. You see, the streets had me stressed something terrible. Open with the corners, have a again up in Bellevue at HDM. Hit with numbers from eight to ten. A future in a maximum state pen. It's grim, so I comes back home. Nobody Help with shorty doo-wop Rolling two fillies together In the bridge we call them ooops. He said nahs Again it's Kobe busting off the roof So I wear a bulletproof A pack of black souvenirs He inhaled so deep Shut his eyes like he was sleep Started coughing When I peeked to watch me speak I sat back like the Mac My army suit was black We was chilling on these Listen where he pumped his loose cracks I took the L when he passed it This little bastard Keeps me blasted It starts talking mad I had to school him Told him don't listen Get fool him Cause when the boots is closed The one that's murder Be the cool one Tough luck was against the struck families all stuff. Could have caught your man, but didn't look when you bucked up. Mistakes happen, so take heed. Devil bust up at the crowd, catch him solo, make the right man bleed. Shorty's laugh was cold blooded as these folks were foul. Only 12 trying to tell me that he liked my style. Then I rose, wiping up snow's ass from my clothes and froze. Only to blow the earth smoke through my nose and told my little man I'm a ghost. I broke, left some shoes in his skull that he could sell if he chose. Words of wisdom from Nas, try to rise up above. Keep an eye out for Jake, Shorty. One love, one love, one love. I thought this was America, people. Uh, yeah. Guilty until proven innocent, huh? That's how we working, huh? Okay.
prison segment will be featuring a special guest out of Queens, New York by the name of Vincent Gaines. And he will speak about his life inside prison, before prison, and after prison. statistically proven it has been proven that most prisoners that come home from prison commit a crime or return back to prison within three years and with that being said it's a psychological effect that is installed upon one coming home because they so used to just the prison life Hope, brothers and sisters out there who are dealing with 
family members, friends, loved ones that are incarcerated doing lengthy sentences and sometimes I feel like we need to be inspired and encouraged and thought about more often the people on the outside who's dealing with this. So Mike, what would you say to the families that are dealing with the whole COVID pandemic and how it's affecting the, those incarcerated? Because I know a lot of people are probably worried and concerned, like what's my, what's happening with my relative. I think that people forget often how it impacts and it, and it, it really affects family as well. You know, the best advice I can give is just to keep up on contacting the administration, contacting the prison to make sure that your loved ones is safe. Don't lay dormant or stay dormant and expect it to be safe because the prison, state and federal, they know how to play games by not giving accurate information to the media. So you don't know if you or I mean if your loved ones or your friends or any associates that you know that may be in prison has been affected physically by the COVID because they restrict phone calls, it's lockdown. I speak to numerous people inside and they all, everyone I speak to tell me that they're on lockdown. They're only able to use the phone probably once a week or however many times, but it's restricted. So they don't know what goes on in other units. They only know what goes on inside their unit. And I just found out there's free calls on Tuesdays for the, um, what's this, the Bristol? The Bristol County. I don't know about any other areas, but there's free calls on Tuesdays. So I think that because the inmates are being incarcerated, what, uh, what's it called, lockdown? Like, so explain to everybody what lockdown is, Mike. I know we're going to get into this interview. Shout out to uh, Benson Gaines, but I like to pick Mike Curry's brain because he definitely did some time and he made a dope turnaround. So Mike, real quickly. Lockdown is when you lock down in your cell or in a, a cell in a secure housing unit. So you either lock down 23 hours a day or 22 hours a day. And during this COVID, you really lock down 24 hours a day. So and most likely you in a cell by yourself. But I just got some information up in on MCI Shirley, I believe either MCI Australia or MCI Concord that the people that have been tested for COVID they, and they was tested positive they put them in a cell with someone that wasn't positive that was some information that I actually got yesterday by email and if that's true then they, they attempting to spread the COVID within the prison system because we all know that this vaccine is coming out most likely they're going to stop by testing the prisoners. Wow, so much to think of, so much to consider. That's Mike Curry. This is Life After Prison on the Music and Motivation Morning Show. I love you. I appreciate you. Stay tuned. There's so much more in store for you. My spidey senses is tingling. Got my radars up. Something going on. I 
feel funny, can't tell me nothing different My nose twitching, intuition setting in like Steve Vision I still close my eyes, I still see visions Still hear that voice in the back of my mind So what I do, I still take heed, I still listen I still paint that perfect picture I still shine bright like a prism My words still skipping I know you can't, don't, won't get it You chose to ride that shit, salt with it I'm still afloat I ain't the captain of the yacht, but I'm on the boat I ain't acting with a knock, knowing that I don't You acting like you will, but I know you won't, you won't I read between the lines of the eyes of your brows Your handshake and matching your smile Uh-uh, you fine Staring at hammers, ready to go bananas Two vests on me, two extra clips on me I know my mind ain't playing tricks on me I ain't skits, homie, ain't nobody drop a mick on me It's like they try and plot and sit on me I hear this voice in the back of my mind like Mac Tighten up your circle before they hurt you Read they body language, 85% communication, non-verbal 85% swear they know you 10% you know they story. Man, the other five time I show you Just know you Can pull these strings You the puppet master Some other bitches. Man, watch who you puffing after Play your cards Go against all lies Shoot for the moon If you miss You still amongst those stars Can you read the floating? Foul preacher quoting scriptures for revelation. Just talk shit and got the devil waiting. Body getting stiff, so levitating. Why do I speak blasphemy? Knowing one day that will ask for me. Ask for my sins, no one to feel his wrath for me. I go through it so you wouldn't do it after me. Ask for me. I'm still circling the block before I'm parking. Not reaching, I'm just still cautious. Same black parker, same easy extra clip, still clapping with that same larkin. Damn, I feel it in the air, you not sincere. It ain't a us or we or I'm a thing. It's a good, bad karma thing. It's a psalm and an honor say. I swear I feel something honestly.
I walk the blocks like whatever God. My message to y'all fans who desperate to arrest us young, but never lend hard hands. Afro-Korean Fitch, rockin' wrist, listening marksman, Hitchcock of hip-hop since Big Pop departed. The project logic is still salute the dead. Block spit, pour some juice out for those in Manchester, View Mount. Otisville, Lewisburg, Fort Dix, Fort Worth, Oakdale, every fed jail where all my dogs lurk. War hurts, much to gain, till the day we all say, may your pain be champagne. Then we all blaze away at our enemies, may they die easily. Long as they perish forever's what freedom means to me. Blowing greenery, growing eager to see evil things thrown away, zoning gray deep. Jeans, ears of Chuck, solitaire stones with the rarest cuts on some pretty tones. Haircut looks airbrushed, and they are aware of us though. And we don't give a flying 747 though. Staying on my hustle. A message to those who trapped us up from federal guys who backed them up. We never will die. We black and tough. Letting your eye, we strapped to bust. Half of us been locked up inside the beast. Look at the time we see. Brooklyn, the the streets. Queens, even the Congo lose dreams. Of bullets and triggers, our enemies pull it on innocent women and children. It wasn't no ghetto killers who mix up the coke and put guns in our buildings. But I'm not gonna cry. And I'm not gonna stand. Just watch you die. I'ma pass you a nine. I'ma grab your hand. Come on, let's ride. A message to those who kill the king who murdered the Christ, the same regime where God has built, you never can break what God has loved, you never can hate man makes rules and laws you just a ruthless dog, your kettle is waiting you devils will run back into the cave you came from, whenever that day comes, 40 acres, plantations see every race one sincerely yours, streets disciple revelations Visitation 
no longer comes by. Seems like they forgot about me. Commissary is getting empty. Cellmates eating food without me. Can't wait to get out and move forward with my life. Got a family that loves me and wants me to do right. But instead I'm here locked up. They won't let me Operator with a collect call from Emory Jones. To accept the charges, press 1. Now. Live through me, 
See, I'm the eyes for Emory. Keep him alive. So every time I press five, all he want to hear is his boy talk fly. Up in the bed, still holding his head. When he hits the street, he gon' eat through this bread. And let's ride. Boston, you're listening to the Music and Motivation Morning Show 
with the Snake Charmer. This is the Life After Prison segment. Mike Curry is in the building. Mike Curry, how are you? How's things going? What's, What's good? good? Everything's good. So you want to give um, everyone some information on what's going on today on the segment? Yes, well, today on the segment, we sat down and interviewing on Mr. Vincent Gaines about his life after prison. So, so I'm going to start. Yeah. So every year, more than a half a million inmates are released from prison, according to the Department of Justice. For many, the transition is not easy. Nearly two-thirds of those who are released will be arrested again within three years. In this episode of Life After Prison, we will interview Vincent Gaines, a former prisoner turned entrepreneur on his life before, during, and after prison. Good morning, Mr. Gaines. Thanks for sitting down with Life After Prison this morning. Good morning, good morning. Peace, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm getting a, um, I'm getting an echo in my right ear. I'm, I'm able to hear the same thing over again. I don't know if that's, if that's right exactly or not. Okay, hold on for one second. About to fix this right now. Good morning, good morning. Peace, how you doing? Okay, so let's start this over. Every year, more than a half a million inmates are released from prison, according to the Department of Justice. For many, the transition is not easy. Nearly two-thirds of those who are released will be arrested again within three years. In this episode of Life After Prison, we will interview Vincent Gaines, a former prisoner turned entrepreneur, on his life before, during, and after prison. Good morning, Mr. Gaines. Thanks for sitting down with Life After Prison this morning. Oh, you already know. It's my pleasure being on on your show man I like what you're doing uh thank you before we begin can you explain to the listeners a little about your background of who you are and where you from um sure I man I was um grew up in Queens New York um basically the Hollis Jamaica area of Queens New York um in the in the 80s during a time when you know there was a lot of crack and stuff going on uh, became part of that lifestyle. You know, I didn't get rich from it at all. Just playing the background in in in, in that in that life. Um, graduated high school in '87. Uh, went on to Queensboro for like a, a fun uh, semester. It was too fun, and got out of there and got back into you know street type of things. And um, that life led me to a to a nice long. Well, what I consider a long stretch in prison. Okay. 
So as a youngster, the street life has some form of magnetism. For me, the magnetic attraction was the expensive clothing, jewelry, and the power the elders had in the streets. I just wanted to mimic what I saw, not knowing that there was repercussions. Could you relate to that feeling and how? Um, yeah, I could definitely relate to that, especially um, growing up in my era when, you know, everybody around you is, is flashy. They got the BMs and the kitted out and the, the jet is kitted out and the Mercedes kitted out and jewelry. Everybody in high school with flashy jewelry and everything. Um, it was young kids, 15, 16, 17 years old, just making tons of money. So, you know, who wouldn't want to be part of that? I was a 15, 16, 17 year old too. I wanted that as well. So as a youth, but you won these things um, and you participate in the acts that could have got you incarcerated. When was the first time that you got yourself in trouble as far as a form of incarceration or probation or anything related to the criminal justice system? All right. Uh, first time was in uh, 93. I had a, uh, I caught a case. It was a stupid case, but it was a case involving, you know, a plan to uh, do a little jips and it got foiled. We was just gonna basically rob a gas station or whatever uh, with some firearms that we had just brought up from Atlanta. And um, case got foiled. Long story short, we got into a police case. I was the driver, didn't get caught driving. Uh, got caught listening to my soon to be co-defendant telling me we should go back to the car we just ran from and go back to the car and lo and behold, one time was just sitting in there chilling, waiting for us to come back. So we fell into the grips. Okay. So when did um so when did you actually enter the criminal justice system as far as serving time? My first time, I was I was 32, 33 years old my first time actually in prison. Okay, was that state or federal? Um, that was federal. Um, I went on to doing some some um, white collar type crimes um, involving, you know, stolen checks initially. Then when I realized that stolen checks come back really fast, I started figuring out how do I get the checks so that they're not stolen, they were just obtained. Um, and I, there's, a fine, there's a fine line between that obtaining and stolen, I later learned. Um, but I had much more control over those checks and you know, I was able to live a little bit longer. Okay. Okay. So, so let's, let's go back to before the checks, um, when you were selling crack and you know, the neighborhood stuff, what led you to go to white collar from drugs, selling drugs? Um, you know, that, that drug game was, was, um, it wasn't for me, man. I think it was a little bit too violent for me. More, more than I could handle, more than I wanted to deal with. Um, I found myself robbing drug dealers and doing stuff like that. Kind of, kind of out of character um, for me, especially well, naturally now. Um, but the ring, the the one thing that really just told me this is not for me is when I got robbed by the police in uniform in the back of their police car. I said, you know what? This is definitely not the lane I want to be in when, when, when the police start robbing. Okay, okay. So that's that's what led you to go to white collar. Did you feel that the white collar was safer 
or more lucrative than selling be, drugs? Yeah, it was it was more me. You know, I was always into reading books and doing those types of activities. So, you know, the white collar was much more much more me than than the other than the other game. Okay. Okay. So um <laughs> That's, that's, so, with, so the with the white, white collar, collar you, you went, went to federal, federal prison. prison. What, what, walk, walk us through. through. Walk, walk us through your life in prison. prison. Like, like, you know, you know with the time you had, the effect it had, had on you mentally, mentally and, and how did you pass the monotony of prison life? All right. Um, so when I first when I first got there, it was a little. It was a lot surreal, you know. I didn't really think that I was gonna even do any time, you know. I thought I was just gonna be in and out. Um, but you know, I was definitely, definitely wrong. Uh, they ended up giving me uh, six and a half years. I can still hear the echo in the background, but I'm gonna just talk through it. Um, so I spent my time really trying to fight and get out of there. Um, from from day one, I was in the law library, uh, really just going ham because. I felt that I was getting a little bit more time or facing a lot more time than, than I was really prepared to do. Um, okay. So I went to the library, um, for, you know, started learning all I could about shepherdizing cases and, you know, looking up different statutes and things of that nature. Um, and eventually it panned out, you know, after, after four years of that, it, it, I finally got released. Um, I ended up going to state prison, but I did get released from the feds after my efforts. Okay. So during the time there, I basically, in, in, in the feds and in the state, I basically spent all my time reading. Um, I had to, in order to, uh, to keep my sanity. Um, you know, I had my family and friends uh, send me all types of different books on, on on self-development and, and business and finance and, you know, the background of business, business development. Um, that's kind of the area of space that I'm, that I'm actually working in now, um, independently. Okay. So incarceration, incarceration can lead to significant psychological difficulties. However, prisoners react in their own way to the prison environment. Some prisoners may turn inward and even become more or less paranoid, antisocial and antisocial while many may become depressed. I know many adopted what is called a prison identity, which means they acclimate to their environment in a way that can be detrimental. Are there any psychological effects of incarceration you experienced? Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of um... A lot of my friends actually tell me um, that I've changed since I've come out. I'm, um, I went in really aggressive and, uh, you know, chasing chasing things that, you know, may have been or may not have been far-fetched. And I came out um, pretty humbled. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm paranoid still to this day. Like, I still look out the freaking windows even though I'm not doing anything, I'll just look out the window just to see, you know, what the hell's going on. And, and that's what we do in prison. When you hear noise and when you hear a loud noise, like a bang or something, your natural instinct is to look out to see what's happening or see if they're coming to get you, which is um, the correctional staff or prisoners. 
because anything can happen at any given time. So let's talk about habits. Do you have any habits that you had still while you was in prison? Mm. Carry on them habits onto the streets. Cause um some some people, including myself, we still I still have a certain habit that I carry on unconsciously. Um I guess not really, I wouldn't say habit, I would just call it um survival tactics of not really, you know putting your all into, you know, individuals that aren't in your, you know, immediate circle. What I, what I mean by that is like trust, like trust is, is shot with me when it comes to especially, you know, new people coming around, even, even people that I met, you know, along the, along that path, um, I ended up finding out that, you know, my, my trust instincts kept me out of, kept me out of trouble. Um, and I stopped dealing with them all together. So trust is definitely, uh, watching my own back is definitely a habit that I maintained when I came out of prison. Okay, so what about like minuscule habits, like small habits, like for example, with me, before I get in the shower, I cut it on for a, a period of time. And I, that's a habit that I had while I was incarcerated because um, in several prisons that I was at, in several prisons that I was at, we used to cut on the shower to give the notion that we already in the shower while we preparing ourselves within our within our ourselves. So I do that to this day, and you know those that surround me constantly they don't understand that. But then I'll be reminded that I'm not in prison, so I don't have to cut on the shower no more. I could just step in. Um, you know what? I don't. I don't really have those types. Those types of habits myself. Um, when I first came home, you know, I found myself spitting in the toilet and doing things like that. Um, but when you know, as, as slowly but surely as time went on, you know, I realized that you know, I'm, I'm home. Those habits kind of kind of went away. Um, do I still eat the ramen noodles with the Swedish cheese and the tuna mixed in it? Absolutely. I think it's a good meal. I had some earlier today. Um, but that's really that's really about where it ends with me as far as as far as habits coming home, you know, bringing home from prison. So some of the most common problems facing former prisoners are the difficulty of finding stable housing and employment. How hard was it for you to get back on your feet? Man, these are, uh, I'm, I was actually blessed. Um, I came home to a job. Um, my father had a company at the time. Um, I came home to a, as, a, as a business development manager to the job, helping to get the company to grow. Um, won an award for that company that same year. I mean, I was on fire when I came home. My ambition was just, was off the chain. I was just so happy to, uh, to apply some of what I learned while I was away into the real world um, business. So when I came home, it was, you know, my first week home, I went to an award show and I watched how, you know, the company didn't win the award. And I was like, well, why didn't y'all win the award? And it was explaining to me how they had tried to pursue the award for a couple of years and never got it. And so I put my pen to the paper. You know how we do inside, we can rewrite, we can write our butts off inside. I put the pen to the paper and um, following year, we won that award. That was my first attempt. Okay, congratulations, congratulations. So have you experienced any frustration adjusting to life after prison? Um, 
Yeah, it's it it, it is frustrating. Um, I, I can vote, so I have I have voted um, in the past. Um, but it can be frustrating as far as you know the opportunities that are that are available for you. Um, I ended up not being with um, that company any longer, so I found myself you know trying to figure out what am I going to do from this point now that I'm not working for the company anymore. Um, so you know. Your, your, your survival instincts kick in and, and I found myself doing things that, you know, would actually lead me back to prison, um, quite honestly, um, and, and, and in the fraud realm, you know, um, creating social security numbers, adding credit to them and accessing the credit, you know, doing stuff like that because I no longer had that employment that I was able to count on. Okay. So we're about to get back into some more music and we will be right back with Vincent Gaines.
104.9 FM WRBB Boston. This is the Snake Chama. Shout out to everybody who's been tuning in to the Life After Prison segment with Mike Curry and uh, Vincent Gaines. They have some dope information they've been sharing about their experiences and how they've traveled into the journey of entrepreneurship. Mike Curry, Vincent Gaines. Let's get it. I just wanted to um, throw a junior on my Vincent game because me and my pops aren't the same people. So let's talk about entrepreneurship. Since your release, you became an entrepreneur. How do you define the word entrepreneur and how was your transition from prisoner to entrepreneur? That's a good one. Um, Entrepreneur to me is... um, it's anyone who's striving to uh, support themselves through their own means. They're, they're pursuing that freedom, right? You know, we have freedom after prison. We have, we, we, we're free from that level of being locked up. But then there's another level of being confined when, when you come home. And entrepreneurs out in this realm, we seek that freedom of being able to travel independently being able to be self-sufficient being able to not have to count on on a job so that's really how i i define entrepreneurship and it doesn't mean you have to be um financially successful um at that point it just means that you're in pursuit of of that dream um and to me that's that's what entrepreneurship is um so i've i've, I've certainly delved in, into entrepreneurship um by getting involved with real estate um, I moved out here to Maryland and um, purchased some property out here. Um, I got involved with um, a real estate in- investment group out here that's quite large. I'm actually one of the deal masters on on the group, so I, I can put together a deal and, and, and negotiate the deal um, with no money down. Those, those things do exist. Um, um, so there is definitely a life after prison. It's really, it's really up to you. And... Um, your individuality, right? Who you are as a soul, as an individual, um, to be able to identify when something is going wrong versus, you know, when something is going right. And something is going wrong for me is, you know, being pulled back into that world of, 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 of negativity. You know, I shouldn't have to be doing certain things to support myself. That's negative. If I'm feeling that negative vibe, I stay away from it. I might listen to some motivational stuff and get me back onto a positive vibe because it's hard to um, maintain a focus, you know, even during entrepreneurship because you don't always see the financial fruits right there on the spot. Yes, yes. Nothing comes easy. So you always got to keep building up until you get your empire the way you want it. And only you know how you want your empire and who you want to include within your empire. But every empire starts from a blueprint. And what was your blueprint coming home from prison? Do you still have the same blueprint going in accord to that blueprint? Or did you deviate from that blueprint and created another blueprint for your success? So my blueprint coming home was, um, 
really just to uh, apply the information that I read and studied while I was away. Um, I, you know, I didn't, fortunately for me, I didn't have to really concern myself with, you know, where am I going to live? Um, how am I going to find employment? I was blessed enough to be able to, to have um, a strong, um, a strong circle in my parents, um, having moved back with them, um, having them put me on to new, new employment and things like that. Um, but then, you know, some friction takes place, which starts you on the path in the first place. And so, you know, I, I, my blueprint kind of changed. Um, you know, I went into survival mode, but now I'm readjusting my blueprint again to what survival mode really means. And it has nothing to do with um, really breaking the laws to survive. It has to do with just moving forward with the pursuits that I'm doing now. So I'm really, I'm really pursuing this real estate hard. Um, I'm playing in the um, in the in the um, forex arena uh, with my brother. Um, he's showing me some some things, and um, I'm seeing you know I'm seeing his fruits. So I'm hoping to uh, you know change my my blueprint and adjust into that realm. So we as men, we have pride issues. And many prisoners coming home from prison is actually scared or ashamed to ask for help because they, they fear rejection. So do you feel that prisoners that come home that's not fear of rejection can get a fair shake in this world? And if so, how did you, if you obtain that, I, I do feel that they will get they'll get a uh, a fair shake a fair shake. Um, you know the it's 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 difficult, but it's as difficult as as you make it. Um, if you're not prepared, if you didn't prepare yourself, you know, if if you're not really trying to, you know, make better of yourself, you're gonna find yourself doing the exact same things, hanging with the exact same type of people, and not even recognizing that you're doing so. Um, but if you're willing to humble yourself and take that, you know, that job that may only pay X dollars an hour or have you working for 50 hours, 60 hours a week, well, that to me is still um, an opportunity for more. So as long as you're free, able to do those things, then um, opportunity will, will knock on your door eventually, but you have to be out to try to pursue it or to strive to pursue it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. But my thing is that I feel that you will have to start preparing yourself while you inside. Because that's what I did. I like, you know, I did a federal sentence from 90, from the mid 90s to the early 2000s. I didn't properly prepare myself. So it was a poor performance on my end once I came home. So once I went back two years later, I realized my faults and my flaws, and I decided to capitalize off my weaknesses and make them my strong point. And that was just asking people to aid and assist me in the fields of business or just life in general that I wanted to improve on. So I was so focused on becoming a business owner, becoming an entrepreneur, becoming something better than I was in the past that 
I neglected creating my own plan for myself. So one of my mentors, he asked me one day, he said, oh, this is good that you're doing and saying about business and you got everything right. You got your business plan, everything, you ready to go. But what about your personal plan? What about your personal business plan? I didn't understand what he was saying until he brought it down to my level of thinking and showed me his plan. And it was just like a business plan. It was like he had executive summary, it had financial part, it had everything that a business plan includes, but it was everything that he wanted to do personally. And I, and that, when I wrote that down, that's when I knew I was ready to come home and become successful. So, so let's let's talk about ventures. It's like since you've been home, by the way, how long have you been out of prison? I've been home for eleven years, um, straight. Never went back, and I and I pride myself on that. That's that's that to me is is my success. Um, staying sucker free and staying away from cats that's going to bring me back into that thoughts of even going into prison. Okay, that's great. Congratulations, because a lot of people don't last eleven years on the streets. Period. Um, inside or outside of prison. So. By you being home for 11 years, what was some of the ventures that you were part of in them 11 years? Um, I was in, I was part of some credit repair ventures. Um, I was in, in, I was part of some. Um, I was working for a company out here called um, I won't say the name, but it's a um, it's a company that provides financing, auto financing for those struggling with credit. Um, I became the um, the manager there, um, so I delved up in, in in marketing for you know vehicles, things of that nature. Um, real estate, that's definitely um, an avenue that I that was part of my blueprint, and I came out and started um, acting on. Um, a lot of business development, uh, the back the back the back actions that take place with all business, right? All businesses have have structures when then there's things that take place in the back that nobody really sees about, that nobody really knows about or sees. Um, you know, marketing, advertising, um, things of that nature. Um, that's what I'm really into right now. I'm, I'm really into utilizing automation uh, to get that marketing message across to your prospects. Um, yeah, and that's, that's really it. Okay, so say a prisoner come home from prison. Mm-hmm. He, he did like 15, 20 years. But he'd been studying his whole time in, or partial time in, and he come home, but he really has no direction. And he know what he want to do, but he don't know how to stop to do it. And he met you and came to you. What would be some of the advice that you would give him to lead him in the right direction? Because it... A person don't necessarily need monetary to gain success. I agree. Um, they don't need monetary to gain success. They just need direction. Right. So if they came out with a business plan and they came out with um, with wanting to pursue business, the first thing I would do is tell them go to their local SBDC, Small Business Development Corporation, and sit down with those with those guys there, um, and and let them help lay out what his what his business plan may be and, and bring that into fruition. Um, coming home, 
you know, finding yourself a, a, a strong support system. If, if, if you already had one going in, that's even better. Um, if you can develop one coming out uh, based off of, you know, new people that you might meet, um, that, that, would, that would be beneficial to, to both parties, depending on what you have to offer them. And usually it's a lot, um, you know, prisoners do have a lot to offer uh, to individuals that haven't been to prison also. Their drive can be really um, quite amazing. Um, so those are the types of things that I would recommend coming home, you know, finding yourself a nice lady, settling down um, so that you can focus on, you know, your, your main objective, you know? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I can see that. And that's very informational. And how I would tackle, if someone came to me, how I would tackle that situation is I would want to see balance to see if that person actually have balance within a self because you can come out of prison and feel that you know what you want to do, how you want to do it, when and where you want to do it, but you don't have no balance. So you gotta have balance and balances, you know, you gotta include your family, you gotta include your loved ones because they might see things that that you might not see. So a lot of prisoners come home and be bitter towards the people who they felt wasn't there for them. But it's not up to the people who wasn't there for them to do for them while they incarcerated. And I found myself like that numerous times in the past. So I had to wake up and be a man and admit that I was I, I should be mad at myself for even committing a crime or participating in criminal activity that would take me away from my loved ones. Because if I would never went to prison, then I would never felt or felt the way I felt at that moment because in prison we're vulnerable so that's why i always take pride in helping others that come out of prison better themselves because i don't actually know what they went through so i don't know if they got a family structure i don't know if their moms and pops passed away right. while they was in prison i don't know the reason why their girl left them their girl could have left them for his friend i don't know it's betrayal in a lot of aspects of the world so what I would do and what how I do it, I I I would want and help shape them structure a immediate, short term and a long term goal based on what they want to see their life in. And if they can go according to that, and then I will help them further. We're helping them develop their business and taking it to another level where potentially they could get business funding and introducing the people like you who can help them market the business and other other entrepreneurs that I knew that came home from prison that's willing to help others because we all felt that pain because in prison we was all that we had yes that's that, that, that's that's a fact I remember you and me building um um in in, in in cells and whatnot and we were building on basically what, what we're building on right now God you, you was talking about you know, coming out and doing positive. And, and I'm, I'm really happy to see that that's exactly what you're doing. Um, so so I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be on your show, bro. So can I interrupt you both? Shout out to both of you guys. You guys are doing extremely well. And I just wanted to know what was it that took you to realize or say to yourself, you're no longer going back to prison? Like, that's a question that I think a lot of us who are dealing with the emotions that come from having loved ones incarcerated deal with like how can I stop them from you know keep making the same mistake like what point in your life or what helped you guys 
just say that's it. Um, for me, it was really just um. See, I, I was never acclimated to prison, and and what I mean by that is, I, I at a young, I, I saw a lot of younger people in prison. I saw people going in, in and out like 17, 18, 19, 20. And this was growing up in Queens or wherever you're growing up. And you always see um, young individuals going back and forth to prison. So what happens is you become acclimated to that lifestyle, right? So you, you just adapt to it. It's no big deal to you anymore. For me, it was a big deal for me because I didn't get locked up again until I was 32, 33 years old. So for me, it was the missing of that freedom. Like I miss my family. I miss being around women. I miss, you know, everything that you miss um, and that we take for granted that when you find yourself going back and forth to prison from a young age, I don't think that you even recognize that you're taking that stuff for granted because it's part of your lifestyle. Exactly. And um, on the flip side of that, like I've been going to prison my whole life on a repetitive basis, whereas it became like habitual where when people see me on the streets for a few or a summer or two, and then they won't see me, they will automatically know that I was incarcerated opposed to death. So my name became synonymous with prison and which was something that I never knew of until family and friends was telling me, like the only thing they say besides they love what I'm doing these days was is stay out of prison. So I'm like, why are they always telling me to stay? Because it came norm it became normal to me. So by becoming normal to me, it really didn't affect me as much because every time I went to prison, it was so easy for me to do time because I already knew how to do time. I already knew how to stay in my lane. I already knew what to do or what not to do. I already knew how to survive. I already knew how to order commissary in bulk and where it could last for a month or two without me having to bug someone. So what made me change was my last prison sentence when they told me that if I get locked up again it's a life sentence I had to do the research on my own and figure out do I want to do life on the street or life in prison so I did the time I educated myself and I educated myself whereas I would have the ability to help educate others and that's what I'm actually doing by putting out books by educating others when they come with questions being a soundboard, giving proper advice. So with that, that's what made me change was the time I would be facing and how it affect my loved ones, including my mother, my brothers, and whoever else was close to me. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. I have another question. This is going to be my last question, I promise. So since we're talking about loved ones, how about relationships in jail? Like when you're serving a lengthy sentence, um, I'm not sure if you guys have people that you was like in a relationship with or whatever what what was that experience like because you you know because a female because i'm gonna be honest like a fe- like i i with a couple guys you know family you know just in relationships and things like that and i always wonder like um you think like a guy is like automatically gonna be loyal because he's in jail type of thing you know you know I don't know. I just always want to know what do you, what is you guys' perspective on the whole relationship thing? Like if you're going in and you're in a relationship or do you feel like a relationship, you know, affects your ability to focus on just getting the time done? You know what I mean? And that's it. That's it, fellas. I swear. Just the relationships. <laughs> got you. Got you. 
so um well for me going in i went in um having a relationship uh came out not having that relationship anymore but moving on to bigger and better things um as far as being inside I, i'm i'm not really sure i understand that question um i don't have any relationships with anybody inside <laughs> except for you know building building and help building each other up type of relationships it's you know conversational um but that's 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 where i stand so you know as far as with me um when i went in back in 2007 yes i, I was in a relationship and um it was a newly relationship, so I expected more than I have gotten from my counterpart at that time. So once everything fizzled out, you know, I was hurt, but I wasn't hurt because I expected it. So, you know, when you're going into, into prison and when you're in prison, you got a lengthy sentence, you just automatically have that feeling that your female is not going to be there for you at the duration oh, of the prison. Okay, so sentence. what if you have a female and you're doing like, say, 10, 15 years? Do you mind if she's out here and does her thing, like, because you don't want to, like, deprive her? Because like, I heard some guys say, like, as long as she comes up and visits me or, you know, writes me letters and makes sure things are straight while I'm in here, I don't care what she does. Like, is that the mindset? Well, like, well, we... I can speak for myself and other prisoners that I was around. It's not that we encourage them to do that. We just don't want them to do that with someone that we know. So we know that a female is going to have sex or even get in a relationship with someone. But don't forget about the person you had before that person. So at least have the courage to tell your man who's in prison that you're dealing with someone and have the courage to tell that person the same thing. Me as a prisoner, I never look down on that. I appreciate when it's being honest, but one thing that I didn't or wasn't able to appreciate was when I found out that that person or them people wasn't being truthful. And that what made me look at everything wrong. And it made me want to become vengeful to the point whereas I didn't care what happened to her because my feelings was involved in, in prison that's when you see that men deal with emotions as well you well, see wait, it okay 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 Vince this is, this is for you too okay and I'm out of here I promise guys so how about the, your kids like if you have children do you think that um, that is the right atmosphere for a parent to bring their child up do you think there's a certain age that children should be going to see them? Do you think that is a traumatic experience for the children? Just tap into that and I'm done. I'm done. Um, so I had I had my children come see me and, and they, they varied in age. Um, and I don't think there was there was anything wrong with that. I think they need to see that there's that there's consequences to your actions, right? And um, and for them to see that from their their father, you know, he's he this is my father going through this, you know, kind of um, um, puts the, you know, stomps the fact that there are consequences for your actions. Um, I never tried to sugarcoat anything. Um, I never tried to say, don't bring them up here because I don't want them to be in this environment. To me, that's not real world. We're dealing with real world things. We have, they have to see all sides of the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. Cause some parents, I feel like then they're, they're like, I'm not bringing my kid up to there or, you know, they, they frown upon other women who, 
bringing their children up to visit. And then sometimes I think that some children, it, it, it might actually affect them though, seeing their parent, you know. I mean, you know, do you think it helps them in a way and hurts them or? I mean, it could hurt them. It could hurt them more than anything because besides a parent, a, a child not seeing his dad, regardless of the situation. So it, it's like I'm in prison and I got 10 years and I haven't seen my son in nine years. You don't think that that could affect that child? It, it affects him to the point where his mind state is developing until like, I, I don't care attitude. And by us being in prison, we can help with that because some way, somehow, we become psychologists because we become psychologists to other prisoners. No, y'all become psychologists, doctors, artists, <laughs> rappers, <laughs> entrepreneurs. It's a great time to be, you know, in your own isolation sometimes because you're either gonna, you know, be on a pity pot type of like, you know, mode or you're going to get out there and get into your entrepreneurship just like this pandemic kind of yeah, enforced yeah, all it, of us. It's doing force, but being, being inside prison, you got a lot of prisoners that have mental health issues. So you might have a celly that have has a mental health issue who haven't been diagnosed. So you knowing by being a cellmate that something wrong with him. So he's asking you because he know that you might have that knowledge or a brighter way of thinking to help him out on a situation that he's facing. That's a psychologist. That's being a prison psychologist to your peers inside a prison. How do you feel about the prison psychology from a prisoner to a prisoner? Um I think that I think I think we help each other out um a great deal. Um, when, when, you know, if you're, if you're around the, the right type of individuals, right, usually you're going to attract, you're going to usually attract who you are. Uh, so if you go up in there and, you know, you're attracting you know, those guys who want to continue to do what they do while in the prison, well, that can't be, um, psychologically beneficial for you. But if you're going in there and you're trying to actually, you know, reflect on your life and you're listening to your man reflect on his life and y'all can see where things went wrong and why this happened it can help you you know start to develop knowledge of who you are right knowledge of yourself because you know i read recently that the first seven years of, an, of a man's life really determines the program that he plays thereafter um in my sense in my instance that you know that may stand true Right. I've seen things. I've been. I've experienced things up uh, up until seven. Where thereafter, yeah, it was. It was kind of um, rough. So um, I can appreciate the, the 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 camaraderie of someone who's who's willing to listen to my story while I listen to theirs, and we try to figure out what happened, where we went wrong in each other. Yeah, exactly. So would you like to leave your contact information for those who would like to reach out to you or to know more about the services that you provide? Because the services actually that you provide is real beneficial and informational to a lot of people who would need those services in the outside world. Right. So, and, and, you know, and only and only you and I would know that. 
um, just based off of this off of this conversation because we speak outside of here, and um, so you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I that I that I you know can welcome or, or can help with, especially in the uh, the business development realm. Um, I mean, I have an email. It's vg1569 at gmail.com. That's vg1569 at gmail.com. Um, I don't really have a dedicated phone number for um because my phone number my phone's been ringing off the chain as it is, um, but I can definitely link with anybody through that email and exchange information from there. Okay, so um, would you like to give your Facebook information where they could reach out to you on Facebook? And what about shout outs? Do you have any shout outs where you would like to shout out anyone? Um, sure. I, I, I definitely have some shout outs. Um, first, first, I'm gonna shout out Shaw Gotti. Um, he, he came home. Um, he was in Otisville with us. He came home and he's been on the right path ever since. He's been working real brother. hard. Hmm? I love that brother right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, real good dude. He came home. He did what 17 between 17 and 20, something like that. Yep. And um, he's been working hard ever since. He, he, he didn't look back. So I really I tipped my hat off to him. He was one of the older gentlemen that I hung around who had a, a who, who I looked up to to um, to get strong advice. Right. Um, my Facebook page is really just Vincent Gaines Jr. You can find me there. Um, I do have a uh, uh, what I was doing illegally. I started doing legally. Actually, I was dealing with unclaimed money. Um, I started a whole new business dealing with returning um, um, money to the rightful owner. Um, it's called Located Assets, and you can find that on your Facebook page as well. Okay. So what about your future goals? Where, where you see yourself at 10 years from now, five years from now, your future? What, what, what are some of the goals that you have for your future? Um... I see myself being free, the, the, the free that I'm that I'm pursuing, um, the free, the freedom of not having to worry about a paycheck. Um, I think that's ample time to be able to, to, to do that, especially if your mindset is is um, is focused um, and keeping focus is definitely not an easy task. Uh, there's so much going on out in this world that take you off of focus. You have to literally be disciplined and make yourself listen to certain information, motivational information, things of that nature. And as I continue to do that, um, I'm, I'm certain that as you know, as long as I'm still walking on this planet, I'm not going to really uh, want for too much. Okay. Well, I would like to commend you and say thank you for taking time out today to sit down with us for for this interview, which is the exclusive one, and also. I would like to commend you on being home for 11 years straight, taking your knowledge into the business world, helping others, and also, one more thing, I would like to say, sky's the limit, and take care, and this was a great interview. It definitely was. Thank you so much for being a blessing and sharing your story, tips and tools. One more time, drop all your information just because I want everybody who missed it the first time to get it. Sure. Um, email is vg1569 at gmail. And my Facebook is, uh, you can just look up Vincent Gaines Jr. Um, I can friend you there. And the business I just launched, helping to help, helping to reunite lost funds with people who lost it is located assets and you'll find that on Facebook as well.